podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. Hi, Mikey. Hello, Cheddar. You bastard. <laughs> I'm a bastard. When I say that, I mean it like C-H-E-T-T. Like E-R, That's what my mom like used Cheddar. to call me. She used to call my mom used to call me Cheddar. Well, you told me. I know you told me that, but okay. I, I didn't know that when I started calling you that. I, I started know. calling you that to Joy, actually. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I'm on the phone with Cheddar. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like a natural thing to say. Yeah, you know, I get it. You just called me, you just called me Mikey. That was the first time, though. He likes it. He really likes it. <laughs> hey, Mikey. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, it's so hot here today. I got to have the AC on low. I don't know if you could hear it in the background, but it's really hot and miserable. So apologies. That's fine. Yeah, There's yesterday a... it was uh, it was 101 here yesterday. Yikes. It was really hot and dry. Today, though, there's this big storm coming in, which is super oh, cool. Lucky. And it's been kind of like slightly raining with that really good rainy smell, you know, but not really kind of hard raining, real windy, thunder and lightning. Lucky. I, I've really been enjoying it because this morning it was brutal hot out. I was sitting out there reading uh, No Country for Old Men by Cormac McCarthy that they made into a film eventually by the Coen brothers. But I read the book and I was sitting out there and it was so hot. And I'm like smoking and reading it. Just I could really feel it, you know, because it's like a Western. It's brutal out here. You know? <laughs> but then this storm came in. So, yeah, I wish a storm would come in here. I'll bet. Well, anyway, let's get on with it. Today, we're talking about the weather, literally. <laughs> today, we're going to talk about the weather. <laughs> now, today, we're going to talk about uh, crowdfunding, right? Indeed. Yep. Crowdfunding. Crowdfunding is amazing. It is. It is. I. You know, I want to just start off saying I know a lot of people still seem to have kind of mixed feelings about the whole crowdfunding thing it's at least they say they do i mean i don't see that on the the uh creator end of it you know people seem to dig it and we've had a lot of success with our kickstarters but uh, i i don't see any problem with crowdfunding at all like i i see it as only this amazing excellent new tool that's kind of unparalleled you know Mm -hmm. i don't see any downside Mm -hmm. to it well, I mean, there's obviously I, – I think there's downsides to everything, but I don't think there's a downside to th- that model, you know, like the model right. of crowdfunding. I don't think there's like a, an inherent downside to utilizing that structure in order to market an idea or a product and to connect with with a, a fan base or, you know, a, a consumer base. I don't see anything wrong with that at all, but obviously there are things that can go wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. That's, not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking – you know, some people I've heard say, you know – the feel like you're begging you feel like you're getting a handout and all that stuff and it's really not at all that way you know if anything people are getting mm-hmm. you know, getting more than what they pay for Get because you know you're getting a deal because yeah. at least that's the way you know we've done it is that it's it's mm-hmm. uh it's mm-hmm. you get more than what you pay for more than what you would normally pay since we're asking for kind of money up front to start a project will say you know in exchange right. for that and supporting us during this short time period you're going to get extra than you would get in the in the web store or you're going to get special items mm-hmm. that you can only get through it so i think it's right right it's absolutely a great thing and um i'm totally against people criticizing it in any way that's my that's well, and my you're take. you know, and you're you're also you know a super backer. I mean, it, it, I have to log in on your handle on Kickstarter, and it says that because you know, there's like if you you know, we should probably just we should probably explain a little bit what crowdfunding is for people that don't know. Yeah, I guess for the, to start for it the all two off, pe- for off. the two people that might not know what it is. <laughs> well, you never know. You know, no, I mean, no. <laughs> if they're if they're there, we got to cater to them. Yes, I mean, crowdfunding obviously is basically the idea of trying to come up with an idea like let's say make a film or you know whatever and ultimately you're asking people hey if you put your money down for this we can make it with the money you're going to give us and in return for doing that you're going to get some really cool rewards of course you get to choose what those rewards are so it's really an open market thing you you don't you're not 
being uh, strong-armed into anything. You go in there, you look at this web page, and you say, oh, wow, this is what this is about. I like what these guys are doing or these girls are doing or these people are doing. I, I think it's interesting. I'd like to be able to help support them somehow. And, you know, there's power in numbers. So, you know, if you think to yourself, you know, 50 people at $50, you do the math. You know, that's a chunk of money. Yeah. And so as you're trying to do things like films, you're trying to do things like books, you're trying to do things like games, you know, whether you're using it as a product release or a project development, either way, you're saying, here's an opportunity for people to be a part of creating something. Because ultimately, if we don't make the money from you, the project won't get created or it won't get created at least for a while. You know, if it's a really good idea, we probably would create it anyway, but it probably would take three, three years or something, you know, to figure out financially how to do it. So it's, it's a huge asset, I think, not only to the creators, us, but also to the people that are interested in it because they get the intrinsic value of just knowing that I'm actually helping them make this. I'm, if it were not for me and these hundred other 365 people, this wouldn't be happening. But then you also get these cool rewards. And if you got creators that are hip, they're doing updates and they're keeping you informed. And so you're a part of this platform that you get to be able to say, hey, oh, hey, check it out. You know, Mike and Chad, they just had a dystopia trip and this is what they're they're doing or whatever. You know, the idea is that you get to know the story and you get to follow the story and you get to be a part of that long after the actual campaign is over. So you're really buying into a movement in yeah. a lot of ways. And so I, it's important. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I personally love the uh, sidestepping of any kind of corporate entity as well. And it, it's just the fact that an individual artist who, you know, artists usually don't have any money to do projects. So the fact that you can you can get financing for a project without dealing with any kind of corporate entity or selling out to some, you know, movie studio or anything like that. It's just so so cool, and it really comes down to um, at the at the end of the day, it comes down to having a fan base, you know, to market to. That's the biggest yep. the the biggest element, in my opinion, in my experience, is that you have to have people that you can market to. Um, one thing that one mistake I see people on, you know, our our experience has been on Kickstarter, so we'll relate everything to Kickstarter, even though this is re- crowdfunding is, on, you know, you can do it on many many platforms like Indiegogo mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, what was I saying? You're talking about relating everything to Kickstarter, and no, you were right talking about that. something you see people do wrong. Oh, and, right, yeah. Is, something I see people do wrong is the same thing I see people do wrong on eBay, actually, which is post something and wait for people to find it, you know, mm-hmm, and think mm-hmm. it, that, that's how it works. And I think it's like 85% of Kickstarters don't get funded because I think that's what most people do. I mean, you have to mm-hmm. really get your ducks in a row. And have a bunch of people to market to, have a have a yeah, you yeah. Know. So if you have a fan base, that's you have to market to your fan base, or if you have an idea that's going to resonate with a certain type of person, a musician or a person who's into monsters or whatever, you you have to kind of find that crowd and market directly to them, and don't plan on anybody mm-hmm. anybody finding your project because it's not going to happen. Right. You know, right. Yeah. It's like, it's like a leaving a trail of breadcrumbs, you know, and that's what our social media is really. It's like you're, you're in this, there's this gigantic forest out there, you know, and you're just trying to leave enough breadcrumbs that people can pick their way along this path and find you, you know, because they're not going to find you otherwise. And you want to leave it in as many formats as you can too, you know, and one of like a, a little thing that Chet and I always try to make sure we do when we're running a Kickstarter campaign is on Instagram, when you have your image there, you know, put your link there at the bottom. It's just, even though it's, you know, even though it's embedded in the image, still it's there, you know, because right. with Instagram and they're not being links, there's only a few ways you can communicate that. But if you have it in all of your ads there, that people can look at that, screenshot it, type it into their notes, copy and paste it in, you know, I mean, again, or the, the that ad- doesn't work for, that doesn't work for everybody, but it's just another, and that's kind of the right. point that I'm making is, is that you kind of have to utilize all of faces. these different things to try to bring together a group of people that probably all interface in very different manner. Whether that's on Facebook or Instagram, or they're on YouTube, or they're on SoundCloud, or whatever yeah. they're on, you know. And and uh, another thing to do is during during your campaign is you put your link in your bio on Instagram. 
because because yeah. you're that's the only place Instagram allows you to put a, a clickable link, so you can put your Kickstarter link in under in your bio. So it'll underneath your screen mm-hmm. name, it'll it'll have a link for whatever. And so you know during all the Kickstarters, I think I had that a link to mm-hmm. our our Kickstarters um, on uh, Instagram that way. But yeah, it's it's constantly yeah, well, and- constantly putting it in front of people's faces. Also, you know, you have to really promote it every day. And be obnoxious. Well, you got to keep it fresh too. <laughs> yeah, That's right. the thing. Is like uh, what I try to do. I think we try to do the same thing, uh, you and I, with this as we do with like our artwork. Like if I want, I want to make artwork that I would like. Well, I want to make a campaign I would like. Right. right? That you'd you want to donate when someone's to. Someone's on a kicks. Yeah, exactly. You know, if someone is doing a Kickstarter campaign, they're going to be in your face about it. It's just kind of a given. And so if you're following them, you just have to kind of respect that. But what I would like to see is different things so that it's exciting and interesting. And at least it's keeping me, you know, engaged day in and day out. So that's one of the things we really focus on is every ad having a fresh image so that, that, you know, the branding is pretty clear. So you know what you're looking at and you're familiar with it. But the imagery changes so that even though you know, oh, yeah, it's Mike and Chet's fucking 36th image for kicks, you know, their Kickstarter project, at least it's something different. And that is exciting and interesting, even if it does have the same text on it, you know? And I think that that is important because you don't want to choke the feed with the same thing because people will turn off to you. They'll Mm -hmm. unfollow you. They'll be like, Oh God, I've seen, I've seen that thing 5,000 times now. I'm sick of it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You got to change it up, keep things interesting. And you know, that's the, that's the same thing, really. You should do with your um, any of your social media. You should keep things interesting all the time, you know, with new mm-hmm. content and new imagery. And so, I, you know, just before we get too into it, I, I, I just want to say, um, if if you don't have the fan base built up yet, then don't do the Kickstarter yet. The fan base is totally. the is the is the foundation for everything you want to do, and that's something we're going to get into yep. on. The, ne- the next podcast I think maybe maybe we just made that decision or maybe I just did <laughs> I think you just did <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know so uh, if uh, if uh, you know if you if you want to do a Kickstarter the first thing you got to do is get your foundation laid and that is the fan base and that might take you a year or two or who knows totally, what you know totally. what I mean well and, and case in point case in point you know I've obviously I utilized Chet Zar's fan base in order to do like my first Kickstarter in 2012 and my second one in 2014 so Chet and I partnered up and he gave me access via him to these people but they still had to trust me I still had to build whatever kind of connection with those people and so that went on and on now what I've done is you know of course I have my own thing that I do that doesn't have anything to do with Chet obviously some of you listen to emails from infinity there's a variety of other things I do. But the point is, is I started a Facebook page for my company, Energy Creations Incorporated. And, you know, you'd think, and I I mean, I didn't really think, but a lot of people would think, oh yeah, you know, you're going to get all these people following you because they're interested in what, no, Uh -uh. (laughs) just because they're interested in what I do with Chet doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be interested in just this base page of all the various other things that I do, whether that's publication or photography or whatever. So what I find there is actually that I have new people that I wouldn't have expected that aren't even part of the ILTPM thing, the the Zarmi thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and then there's the people that are the crossover. And so I guess the point that I'm making is, is I've had that page for like a year and a half, you know, and I think only I have under 500 followers on it right uh-huh. now. So the point that I'm making is, is that it does, like Chet said, take time. And even if you do have a little bit of maybe some people that are interested in you and following you, you still have to continue to really build that relationship with them on as many platforms as you can, if you want to synergize and actually be able to go forward with something like this and successfully go forward with it, I should say. Right. And, uh, you know, once you once you do have that fan base or a, a significant n- amount of numbers that you feel comfortable, like, OK, I could I could maybe pull something off. You know, you got to look at how many say on your Instagram page, <clears throat> how many people you got. You know, if you got 10,000, you got to assume that. OK, so let's let's look at mine. I think when we were doing the last or our last Kickstarter, we, we got um for the for the painting show one, we got I think three hundred around three hundred backers. Sure, and that sure. and at that time, do you it was remember three hundred and sixty four? And the one before that was like six hundred and fifty four. Right. So it was like half as many backers on the second one. Right, right. And uh, you know, partially that was because you know we tap. I think we tapped everybody on the first one, and it and it made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, uh, oh, what was I going to 
say? God, my memory. Oh, I know. Um, <clears throat> you got to say, okay, how many, do you remember how many backers? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm a mess today. I've I, I've been shipping. He's been very busy, guys. I was sh- I shipped out like 30 black and gray studies this morning after that big sale I had, and I worked. Oh my god, the last four days during that sale, I was just okay. And then, anyway, so I'm I'm acclimating. So uh, how, how do you remember how many uh, followers I had on Instagram at the time we did those kickstarters? Maybe like 60 grand or 80 grand or. Uh, on, uh, I thought you had a hundred thousand. No, I just got a hundred. <laughs> I just recently got a hundred, broke the hundred thousand a few months ago. And then I don't remember. Yeah, it, it was, it was, I think it was around 60,000. And out of that, you know, 900 people donated it to the last Kickstarter. So right. you got to think right, about it like that. Like you don't think about it like, oh, I've got a thousand people or two, 2,500 people following on Instagram. So that's 25 people that will donate. It's more like, yeah, you know, yeah. a very small percentage will actually take the time to donate. But it's, it does depend on the project as well, how interesting sure. and different sure. and exciting the progress is. Uh, the project well, you gotta is. Remember, <clears throat> what you got to remember is it doesn't cost anything to click a mouse on like or to double tap with your finger on a screen on Instagram that doesn't cost a person anything right. it, you know that that's so so that like is free and that's cool because they do like it they wouldn't do it otherwise but here's something you can do to try and I've done this a few times is run a raffle you know it's really easy to do all you have to do is basically just say hey I'm going to give away these five items and one of them is super cool the other ones are a little less cool and it's going to be a random drawing and it's going to last for 15 days and each ticket is five dollars and you buy as many as you want right run some run some raffle and really test the waters do this on your right. instagram who's and your willing Facebook. to pay some, yeah and then yeah see who's willing to buy a five dollar raffle ticket see who's willing to buy four five dollar raffle tickets because the thing is is that there's a good chance that you know out of the 50 people we know that you 45 of them are not going to get anything <laughs> right? right so that's if you know that you have 45 people that are willing to give you money and potentially not get anything, you're probably in an all right space to start to think about making money, but that's a numbers game. So what I'm saying is if you test it, then you get a feel for it and then you can make good, accurate, uh, you know, informed decisions but about what it is that you want to do moving forward. You definitely. Know? Yeah. It's a great idea. And another way to do that as well, which, you know, is maybe less telling, but still it's something I've done before is float the idea to your mm-hmm. followers and just say, Hey, what do you, you know, could you guys what do you think of me doing a Kickstarter for a project like blah, 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 and see what yep. the kind of response is, you know, and it's not yep. guaranteed that everyone who says, yeah, go for it is going to donate, but still <laughs> it's something, you know, it's some indication. Yep. If no one's, you know, if two people comment, then maybe it's time to rethink it. But, you know, you might just get, a, <laughs> you might get a ton of people going, yeah, this is great. I'm, you know, looking forward to that. And that this goes for any, any ideas you're interested in as an artist, any new projects, you know, it's always kind of cool to uh, to see what people test the waters in that way to see what people uh, think about your ideas. You know, people people love to give their opinions for sure. So especially on social media. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, so then going, let's just say going forward from there, let's say that, uh, you, you know, you're going to get, or not, you don't know, but you, you feel like you're going to roll the dice and it's at least 60, 60 in your favor that you're going to get the money. Right. (laughs) And then, you know, if you got a 60, 40, you might want to say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to roll it. If you're going to, then let's talk about that point forward, because what that then entails obviously is the work involved in creating a successful Kickstarter campaign and then running a successful Mm -hmm. Kickstarter campaign. And I think there's a misnomer that basically kind of like what you said earlier, that people will just find you, first of all, which, of course, they won't. Similarly, your Kickstarter campaign will not just run itself. Yeah, <laughs> it for sure. I promise you. What it means is, is that it means not just keeping people informed on a regular basis about what it is that you're doing, but also speaking to the people that are already involved that have pledged money and giving them updates and telling them how they can help mobilize, too, because the thing is, is that. If you don't make your money, at least again, relating this to Kickstarter and saying that, you know, shooting for an actual goal, an all or nothing type deal, you know, all in, when you're playing the game that way, none of those people that have given you money will get the thing that they want to get unless they help you rally other people to get the thing that they want to get. So, yeah, it just becomes kind of a group effort in in a way, you know. Totally, totally. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a, a, a great point is getting people 
that that you that have donated asking them to share it and to promote it as well you know because mm-hmm. like like mike said they do have, they have a vested interest because they're not going to get their you know great deal unless they help you know spread the word yep. maybe yep. maybe maybe it just takes off and goes crazy and nobody has to do anything but that's the exception rather than the rule you know yeah, yeah. I haven't had one of those yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me either. <laughs> but, but I've, the, you know, the two I did on my own, and I, when I say on my own, that's kind of questionable because I think that really you and I have done all of these Kickstarters really in tandem on whatever level, right. even though the split is heavy. Like your ego death one, you did the vast majority of, and I did a little tiny bit of, right. you know what I mean? So there's, you know, there, it's weighted. But for the two that I did where my name was billed underneath them, it was definitely a process of like, the whole thing is a learning process because even if you read, you watch the tutorial, let's say you log on to Kickstarter and you're like, I'm going to start a project and you click start a project, right? <laughs> yeah. you're getting, you watch the tutorial, you go through the motions. It seems so easy. Information, <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and, and you'll do that. And as you're going along, you start learning these things and you think it's going to be so easy because it does seem really easy. And then you click launch and you're like, okay, here we go. And for mine too, it, we were grinding it out till the last hour, yeah. the 25th hour. It was like that's, grinding. That's yeah. That's one point I was going to make. Also, is that it really is like, it, 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 it like it, uh, the grind is the best way to put it. It's like you're pushing and pushing it and pushing this boulder up a hill, and it's not like ah, you know, it's just all the money's raining down on me. It's like <laughs> no. Got to promote again. Got to promote again. Oh, no, I'm feeling like an asshole. I'm bugging people again. Nope. Got to do it. Got to do it. Got to take that chance. Yeah. Well, and you got to like, you got to call, you got to message your friends. Like you got to go on there and message your family members, message your friends from high school that, you you know, you read about what oatmeal they had this morning and you don't even, you haven't talked to them in 25 years, you know, message people and be like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. I'd love your, your help. Send emails to people, get out the old black book and dust it off, you know, whatever you got to do. Because the thing is, is that the more of that you do, the more likelihood you're just going to get one more person. And even if they only put down three bucks, that shit adds up. Up, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, absolutely, and and you know, the more people see that uh, the other people are donating, that makes them want to donate more. You know, other people that just having having more. You know, oh, they've they've their thing has gone up five hundred bucks today. Maybe there's something to this. You know, there's kind of a psychological aspect as well to where people want to be part of a a winning team in a way. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah. No, well, that's that, it, that, all it all comes right down to that team thing, too, because that's right. what I hear you say a lot is it really is a team feeling. I think the way we play the game is that way where it's like we want this thing. We hope you want it, too. If you show that you want it, then we should work hard together to get it. Right. You know, right. I mean, if you've already bought the ticket, then let's really go for the ride. And I, and I think, again, that we spend a lot of time. Most of our focus, really, when we go into those like pre-production saying, OK, what how are we going to set a goal? What are the rewards going to be? How much are they going to cost? What's the price point breakdown? All of that. We're, you know, in most instances, we're beating, you know, the the open domestic market on things that we would be selling post haste after the Kickstarter is over. We're, We're offering these things for really good deals because you're giving us the money in advance, right, you know, right. you're, you're trusting us. And the thing is, is that for us, we might have a track record of that, which we do, but for people that like never done one, you don't have that yet. So, you know, you got to take these things into account as you move forward, because everything you do as you facilitate this dance all the way from rolling it out and making your money to then actually getting people those rewards that predicates how well you're going to do in the future should you do another one, you know? And if you do a good job and you're responsible and you have integrity and you get people, you at least keep people informed about what's going on and when it's going on and why it's going on, mm-hmm. you know, and you follow through. And if you takes too long to follow through, you give them extra, whatever you got to do. If you keep your fans happy and your consumers happy and your friends happy and your colleagues happy, they are going to want to continue to be involved in what you're doing. Cause that's how I operate. If people yeah, shit on yeah. me, I don't want to continue to be involved. With them, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just the simple golden rule type thing, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. It's, it's really just that simple and you know there, there's a, at, at some point i don't know if this is a good time or not but i want to talk about some pitfalls because i'm in, sure I'm, a, I'm an expert at the pitfalls because <laughs> i'm in a pit right now <laughs> you done fell down a pit yeah <laughs> um yeah so uh for one thing 
I would say, you know, let's let's look at some of the potential problems with the Kickstarter. And for one thing, um, uh, you know, make sure and ask for for enough money, you know, because if you don't, if you undercut yourself by trying to just be super cheap, then uh, you run the risk of really screwing yourself, you know. So, um, you know, it's. I might even say take what you think you're going to need and double it as a rule of thumb or at least add 50% to it. It's always safer. Uh, I know there's that sweet spot. You don't want to appear greedy and ask for too too uh, much money. But then again, you don't want to ask for too little because, I mean, when you – Yeah, because what if, what if you only ask for half of what you want and you're thinking, hey, man, we'll stretch that. We'll stretch it right. out, you know. But then what if you only get half of what you want and you can't stretch it out? You can't even afford the thing that you were making to give to the people who right. gave you the money. Now you're in, a, you're in a bad spot. Yeah, yeah. So, that you know, I think it's important to kind of get at least the minimum of what you actually need. And by doing that, you got to budget well and, um, you know, really think, okay, how how much – I'm going to be spending this much time working on this project, so I got to pay my bills – um, there's taxes, which is like 20 or 30 percent that you have to t- cut right off the top to pay taxes. Um, there is the you know the cost of the rewards. If you're gonna the cost of if someone's gonna help you ship things or 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 whatever. There is you know if you use a, a service like Backerkit, like we've been using in the last two Kickstarters, um, which is a a, a reward fulfillment uh, website software. That's really, really great, and I love it. It just makes things yeah, way, awesome. way easier to deal with. And it's one of those things that if I was to explain it to you, you would be like, eh, that doesn't sound that exciting. But once you do a Kickstarter and you and you try and deliver you know, 500 re- rewards through Kickstarter's limited interface, you realize that Backer Kit is almost a necessity, and they kind of take a cut. So there's, there's a cutoff. Well, there's their cut, Kickstarter's cut, yeah, and, and then, then there's, there's the Stripe cut. or whoever the company is that's pushing the money from the credit cards over. Right, right, and there and there's you know, uh, when people they char- when people's cards get charged and don't go through, and they charge you a fee for that. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of little fees that you don't think of. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I, I it's I I'm a little more of a cautious kind of person, so I I say over. Over budget slightly. Um, well, it rings true because the first thing he told me in 2012 was I said, <laughs> right. "Yeah, I'm gonna make the I like to paint monsters documentary." And I, he, you were like, "Well, how much? How much you think it's gonna cost?" And I was like, "Yeah, twelve thousand five hundred And he's like, "Really? You need to double that." <laughs> and I was like, "Really?" So I did. I, that's exactly what I did. If you look back, we asked for twenty five grand. You know, yeah. I know we made thirty grand, a little over 30, 31, I think, uh, which is great. And, and but again, that money was gone. Within like what four and a half months, right? Yep. And then we worked with no money for eight months, and then had to run another Kickstarter <laughs> yeah. campaign. So I mean, seriously, like if I could have done it differently, I would have asked for sixty right out the gate, right. you know. And not because I'm greedy, but because God damn it, it's a lot of work, you know. And Doing you, these campaigns, it, it'll take you you know a month to prepare to do it pre-production. Right. Then you got to do the campaign. That's a month, and then you got to deal with all the stuff afterward. And really, you got to be there for people. If someone has a question, they don't understand what's going on. You need to respond to them that yeah. means you have to read your emails and your messages you have to check in it's a lot of work it's yeah. a major commitment and when you're running the campaign it's like a full-time job for a month you know yeah you could probably do it less than eight hours a day but you know you really have to kind of be there for it um i i had a really good point um shit i forgot that was a good one too bueno punta It'll come back. It'll come to me when we keep talking. Um, I, I I guess you know. Let's get into some other pitfalls. How about the pitfalls I'm going through right now? And that you oh, I know like I, not 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 asking enough shipping money, so you don't have enough no, to cover the shipping. No, well, that's yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's too. a pitfall. That's because, a, seriously you know, though, that's a big deal. You know, check that when you guys are doing your shipping because if you do a Kickstarter, they're going to say go in there and plug in your shipping, right? And be you you know make sure you do it right. <laughs> Take the time. Take the time to do it right. Oh, I remembered what I was going to say, and now I forgot again because you kept talking. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, I know, I know, I know. Oh, because uh, a lot of uh, projects, you have to. uh, Another reason to maybe ask for a little more money or try and get a little more money is a lot of projects uh, you've never done before. 
which is why the you know the film. That's why Mike thought, hey, twelve thousand five hundred, I can do this film. But he's <laughs> he hasn't done a feature film before, and mm-hmm. same with the book. You know, it's like I had no idea how much time it would take to just develop the book, let alone the printing and stuff. So, um, uh, most of the, I mean, most of the time, unless you're a seasoned Kickstarter veteran, which we are now at this point, um, five of them now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing, but if you're doing a new project you've never done before, just consider that as well, because you don't know if you've never done it before. I'd never done a book before. And so now I'm, you know, I'm paying the price right now for that. But, you know, I've learned now. So the next, if I do another Kickstarter that's a book, it'll be, you know, I'll know what I'm in for this mm-hmm. time, you know? So, um, well, and things happen beyond your control, too. I mean, they're, you know, not just you, but I mean, you know, the, the hypothetical person, because ultimately you think, OK, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to make this thing and so and so is going to do this part. So is going to do this part and so and so is going to do this part. Well, the minute you got four so and so's, you've yeah. got, you know, people <laughs> four that are variables that yep. are turn, yeah, turning in this machine, you know, and those 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 teeth can lose, you know, or those gears can lose teeth, you know, and yeah. it just happens. So again, you have to counter in the fact that you're good. You just expect there will be delays. Plan. Same thing. Like when you're estimating your delivery time, you just try to be honest. I mean, even Chet and I, we were like, oh yeah, we, we're going to, we really think we're going to have this done. I don't even know what it was, yeah. December, 2016 or something, right. you know, but it's like, come on, you know, it's been <laughs> six months since then. And we're still working strenuously and getting it done. But, you know, so give yourself more time than you think you will need, because then when people People buy in, they know explicitly. And like I'll just a little interesting thing in the bottom of Kickstarter now it says uh, like risks and challenges. And I always tell people that's the biggest risk and challenge to you is that you're gonna have to be patient, wait on right. us, basically, yeah. and know that so that you don't get stressed. But we'll but but basically we can guarantee to keep you informed. We will right. and, and if you ask us questions, we will respond. And that's right. the those are the things we can guarantee. You know? Right, right. Yeah, so obviously the dystopia book is taking way longer than I expected. So that's just a given. So to try and and I've only, you know, so far I've only gotten one guy who like freaked out. Everyone else has been super cool and understanding and I and I'm thinking, you know, that's probably hopeful maybe because we've been uh forthcoming and just kept the lines of communication open um mm-hmm. and let people know what's going on, which I think is helpful. But, well, um, I have fun writing those updates too, and, and yeah. people seem to really enjoy them. People respond to me; they're like, oh, "I love the updates; it's so fun." You yeah, know, yeah. so it's great. I love it. Yeah, it's cool to keep people informed. So, um, but you know, since once I realized, okay, uh, this book is going to take a lot longer than I thought, I decided, okay, let's see. First off, it was the documentary had just come out. This is for the first Kickstarter, right? The documentary are the. Uh, the first dystopia Kickstarter because we did uh-huh. one for the book and then the second one was for the show, and mm-hmm. so uh, I thought, let's get the DVDs out. The I like to paint monster DVDs out for everyone who pledged for that because we wanted people to see the documentary because we were excited about it and it mm-hmm. just come out. Um, so I, you know, made the executive d- decision to send out the DVDs first, and it doesn't seem like that big a deal, but you know, sending. You know what is it? it's like almost three dollars for first class mail or something for a dvd times 600 people that's like right 1800 extra dollars right off the top just because you know yep. i want to i want to make sure everyone's happy then then as far as realizing the book was going to be really late i thought well okay now that you know I've got the pins i've got the stickers because we offered pins and stickers and all kinds of different rewards I've got those, so let's just ship everything except the book, you know, just mm-hmm. just to try and, you know, keep people happy and let them know we're doing our best. Because, I, you know, I kind of feel like an idiot, actually, for, for, for not having this book done. I really feel pretty bad about it. So I feel like the only thing I can do is, you know, do my best, which is, you know, I'm going to shell out some more money and, and uh, send out every, all the rewards I can in the meantime. 
just yep, so that people yep. know we're thinking about you. We haven't forgotten about you. We're just working on the book and it's not done yet. Well, and that's right there. I mean, that again, that's that integrity thing. You're being true to your word because the reason that you're doing that is because the only thing we need to hold back on is the thing that's not done, which is the book. Right. So what we're telling people is you're waiting on the book. Well, now you're not waiting on all your other rewards and the book. You're really just waiting on the book. And that's right. evidenced by shipping out the other rewards. So it's, you know, it's it repeats upon itself. Yeah. So that I mean, but that's going to cost another. It's going to cost a lot to ship everything out ahead of time. It's going to cost. Yeah, and then ship all those books out yeah, after that. It's so gonna, that's it's three gonna, rounds of shipping. Yeah, it's going to add you know thousands of dollars on there. But I felt like it was the least I could do, and it's the right thing to do. And hopefully, it keeps people happy. And you know, we're still not done. I've got all those soft spot heads. We had a, a major snafu with the uh, cast getting the castings because that was that was being done by somebody else. Those were way late, so that kind of screwed up the scheduling with that as well. So now I've got a bunch of blank castings that are just sitting there ready to paint. And at the same time, I'm trying to get the book done, finish paintings for the book, and, you know... It's, 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 and then various other things just to make enough money to pay the bills every right, right. day. So, so it, yeah, right. And it took, you know, ten times crazy how it all goes man it's 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 a wild thing but i think that again all of this i i could hear people walking away from this and being like wow man i'm afraid to do a kickstarter <laughs> you know what i mean and it's, don't be that's yeah, not that it none of scary. this is like us saying don't do it actually what i would like is really ultimately you would come away feeling like okay i know a little bit more i have a little more critical information and were i to do one i would certainly do it in such a manner as you know to take into account these things yeah, that we've heard. I, I, because it's it's exciting, it's fun, it's a learning process. Whether you win or you lose, you will learn. And that's yeah, the bottom right, line, right. the most and, important thing. And it's a great way to, to connect with your fans and, and really form a community. It is really, really cool. And it is scary, though. I mean, it's like they say that, you know, the top three stressful things in your life are a death of a family member, a divorce, and moving from your house. They should put number four should be a Kickstarter campaign. (laughs) Everybody I talk to, especially your first one, everybody I talk to is like freaking out for 30 days. Oh my God. It's so, it really is stressful. It's stressful too. But it's also a serious high too. Oh yeah, yeah. It's It's super, it's quite the 30 day experience. Yeah, it's super fun. But the other thing is, even if you hit your, your goal amount, unless you go three times your goal amount or something, even if you hit your goal amount, you could have people pull out at the last minute and, mm-hmm. and totally screw you. Like you, if you're like a thousand dollars over, someone could just change their to, tier from t- from a thousand dollar reward to a twenty five dollar reward. Yeah, a minute before the thing ends, and you're just screwed, and that's all there is to it. So it is. There's it's it's really stressful, but it is super re- rewarding. And you know, I, like I said in the beginning, I'm so. I think this is one of the probably one. This is probably the next best thing to social media for for working artists because it's it's yeah. it's incredible. I mean, I you know, it's just not to sound like an old guy, but I am at this point. <laughs> I'm going to be 50 in November. Well, think about it. Think about it this way. Wait, dude, I, it's wait, like, wait, wait, wait okay, let me just say, I, I just I remember when there was no internet. I remember when there was no Amazon.com. <laughs> I remember when you had to when you had to. You had to either call someone on a hardwire telephone or write them a letter to com- yep. to communicate with people. Yep. This, you know, like I said, the social media is absolutely do not take it for granted. It's amazing, and Kickstarter is really kind of an extension of that, and and um, it really shows the possibility of of what the internet for for artists to to create and make a living. Yeah, I mean, never in the history of mankind have have the common people had the ability to carve out their own fan base and their own consumers and their own friends and colleagues in such an incredible multiplicity, you know? I mean, being able to reach across the world and have access and meet and learn and grow. I mean, when you, like Chet said, I, I remember all that shit too. Dude, back in the day, you wanted to sell something. You had to like, place an ad in the newspaper in the classified <laughs> wait for it to come out like, yeah i mean dude it's crazy and and nowadays it's like to sit here and be able to say okay all i have to do is just work hard at it and really you know start looking at okay i'm interested i'm gonna do let's say i'm gonna make a monster and i want to do this this series of monsters I, i'm gonna start looking at go on social media and look at groups that are interested in people making monsters and you know what i mean right. like look, whatever you can do to find on social mo- media that are these platforms where you see other people that are 
you're interested. And don't go in there and be disrespectful to the group, but meet people and grow with those people and see the groups they're in. And as you start to do that, you'll start to see these trends and you'll start to see that you do have a place where you can fit into that. The other thing that I also highly suggest if you're going to do a Kickstarter campaign is let people know in advance. Right. Build a Facebook page for it. Build an Instagram page for it. Build a Twitter page for yeah, it. You can have like six months. You could, be, them. you could have something up for like six months or something and be saying this is going to come in six months yeah, or get people six weeks about or whatever. It. Yeah. yeah, totally. And it's important because then as you go through it, and I did all of this stuff, and actually I, I got to give a little credit to David Sherman because David Sherman was integral in 2012 when I started doing ILT. TPM, and for you, those of you who didn't catch it, that's an abbreviation of I Like to Paint Monsters. David Sherman was like, dude, you're going to have to get an Instagram account, a Twitter account. And I was like, ugh. You know, I <laughs> that was before you were barely on social media. You're yeah, I just, I'd only been on Facebook for what, a year and a half at that point. Yeah, right. so I was real new at it. So he, but he got me onto it. And the thing is, is that from that point forward, it just seemed obvious that every time I did a Kickstarter campaign, I should build pages for them. Right. Now, what you end up doing ultimately is collecting these pages. So when you open up your, you know, whatever social media is, you have like five of each, you know? <laughs> yeah. And what that means then is you can either abandon those pages or you can continue to work with them. And if you do it, you become a, you know, there's a pattern and a habit to it, but also a way to interface and keep those balls rolling because as those balls roll, they gain. It's like a snowball going downhill and they get bigger and bigger and bigger and you can crash those into each other and make all kinds of mm -hmm. exciting things happen. You yeah, know? yeah. You know, I'd also like to, to you know, we're talking to, uh, I guess, two creators and, and giving our, our opinion on Kickstarter for, for the, the creator rather than the person buying the Kickstarter. But, you know, I'll, uh, I, I think we should give a shout out to the, the uh, people who support the Kickstarters because really yeah. without people that are supporting these crowdfunded projects, it, you know, it wouldn't exist. It wouldn't work. It's all about uh, you, you guys who have supported them. It's, it's really all yep. about that. So you're, you're an integral part of the process for sure. Mm -hmm. So, you know. That's, well, that's important that's why, to remember. I mean, honestly, it is important to remember. That's why I came up with the whole idea of the Zarmi. And it was funny because I I, had, I remember approaching you about it because I, <laughs> I was like, dude, he's not going to like it because Chet doesn't like a lot of things. Like Chet has a very particular taste. And so I'll think up things and I'll be like – and I'll and – I'll, I'll weigh them in advance and I'll always ask him even if I don't think he'll like it but I'll be like ah, he's not going to like this one and I was like I just think the Chet Zarmi or even just Zarmi by itself is so cool it's just like and it says what it is and it's like and it's something for people to really like feel a part of because it's a real thing it already exists you know so just gave it a name but Chet was into it he was like not like overly into it he was cautious cautiously into it but he was basically like yeah I mean I okay. wouldn't I wouldn't do that for my I would you know? I, well I was like this, I wouldn't do it myself, but no, it was kind of, of like would. a little bit removed. And it's and 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 you're even though we're you know best friends and everything, you're still you know started as a fan of my work. So I was like, okay, it's True. almost like a fan True. starting a little fan club in a way. So that's cool. <laughs> I just don't have it in me. Uh, it's 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 too weird. You know how it is. We've talked about this yeah, in the past. Yeah. It's a little too weird. So, but but. But it, but I, I got, I got it. I got what you were saying. So I was like, you know, you could try it, and if 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 it ha if people go with it, that's fine. You know, it's okay with yeah. me. Yeah. You know? But it's so cool that you did that because it has gone somewhere and it is something, and it's cool because that's the what you were just talking about is that feeling of like belonging to something. And that's the same idea of the Dark Art Society in general, which is mm -hmm. really just kind of the official name for the, the real cult thing that's been going on, which is the Zarmi, right? right. <laughs> you know, the Dark Art Society is a way of opening up our channels to all kinds of people who may not even know who Chet Zar is or anything like that. It's just interested in dark art. But that's that same notion is creating a, a group where we all do feel like we fit in and we belong and we feel comfortable being able to express things to one another and we feel open and we're sharing right. instead of you know, pinning ourselves down and becoming alienated and hiding off in our rage and well, misery. Yeah, yeah, that's such a big part of it. You know, because the, the 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 whole dark art society's army thing, it, it's you know, it is twofold because I have to make a living. You know, so I I always at at this point in my life, I still have to always consider, okay, how am I going to make a living doing this? I have to bring money in. It's just a reality. I, I don't have a problem with it. It's just the way it is. I just have accepted it. So, um, but that does, doesn't mean that the, uh, communal aspect of it isn't 
equally, if not more important to me. It really is. It's it's like I I I remember being in high school and feeling like there was no place for me as an artist. So I I not, I'm not even going to consider it. I'm going to go into makeup effects because I don't feel like the world does not like what I'm into. You know, and that's mm-hmm, how it was mm-hmm. in the, in the '80s when I was growing up. It's it's there wasn't this big well, and that's market. how Stan felt, right? Right. In the last episode, same kind of thing, you right? Know? So, I mean, I, the the thing about the dark art society and and all of this kind of communal thing is really uh, not wanting other people to feel the way I did when I was growing up uh, alone in this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. such a bummer because I, you know, I was feeling just as creative back then and wanting to share things and wanting to work with people and, and the, the community just wasn't there. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's like when we were doing the documentary, we were starting to see that this thing was happening, this dark art thing movement was happening, but it just didn't have a name and it, and it was not galvanized. And it was just waiting to sort of be corralled together so that, uh, so that people could start saying, Hey, we, you know, people start realizing we got a community here we can start talking to each other this and and you know you're seeing the fruits of that happen with you know people like uh patrick ty and chris halford and just some of these newer artists that are, have felt mm-hmm. empowered through the dark art movement to start painting their own work or even people that um you know don't have aspirations to be artists but just you know are are into supporting the art and collecting it you know well and, and even if you, and especially i think even for people that honestly for people that have a harder time creating art because art for me and i know you and a lot of the people that are in this dark art thing whether we acknowledge it outwardly or not is a way of purging out this intense energy that we really don't know what else to do with, right. you know? And so the people that don't have that outlet, that must be rough. Oh, and yeah. so the people that are drawn to that dark aesthetic that also don't feel empowered enough to, you know, create, I mean, woe is them. And, yeah. and really, like, more for them than anybody because they're the ones that really, I, I, I my heart goes out to them because if I didn't have art, I would be one fucked up individual. Oh, yeah. I just guarantee it, you mm-hmm. know? It's it is my lifeline. And I think that for a lot of people that love art that don't feel like they can execute it, it's their lifeline too in a very different way than it is for us artists. And mm-hmm. it's just as important to recognize right. that, I think. Yeah, it's true. That. It's true. It's, you know, I always say the the collectors are just as important as the artists in this whole thing. You know, we need that, their support and, you know, hopefully our, our artwork is nourishing to them and their money is nourishing to us and their and their support and their their love of the work. So, um, well, like you said before, the money is just the money is just the currency of energy. And so, you know, this person works really hard and does this thing so they can get this thing that's just going to, you know, go to you that then can pay off the things you need. And really, if you take that intermediary out, what's happened is the transferal of energy. Yeah, they yeah. gave you a bunch of their energy for a bunch of your energy. <laughs> Theirs happened to manifest in the form of paper bills and yours happened to manifest in the form of a canvas with paint on it. Right, you right. Know? Well, it still comes down to the same thing. We should maybe save that some of that stuff for the next uh, sure, <laughs> podcast sure. if we're going to do the. Sure. Uh, yeah, we're and we're going to and we're probably going to pull the plug here shortly on this one, guys, oh, yeah, because our, our amazing sound guy Brian Kilgore, who makes this all sound so much better, and I just had a good reminder of that, and I won't throw you under the bus, yet, But I was screwing around trying to get the YouTube uh, chapter <laughs> seventeen done today, and I had some issues with it, and I ended up listening to the original recording, and I was like, God, that sounds terrible. So <laughs> shout out to Brian. But Brian's yes, going to be on amazing. vacation, so we're trying to crack out some like multiple mass episodes so that we can get him free and clear because he does all of this uh, gratis for us just yes, because he's yes. a part of the Dark Art Society and he's yeah. a good man and an amazing uh, professional. Yes. Thank you, Brian. You're amazing. And you should mention your, uh, the Mysterion project. Sure, yeah. Too. So I'm super excited about something, guys. Speaking of Kickstarters, um, I'm about to launch a Kickstarter for something I've never done before. We've always done project development, and this is a product release. And it is an Oracle and card game all in one, and it's called Mysterion. And it has never been developed before. It's a brand new original idea. It, it's not based on anything specific like tarot, for instance. It's very simple. It's super easy to play. And it's this idea that I think is going to be 
really simple to put out to people and it's not going to cost a lot of money. And again, it's a product release. So it's a whole different thing for me. It's like, we've got this idea, we've got these designs, we've got this whole thing pinned down. And ultimately I, I reached out to Chet and said, Hey, would you be interested in doing some design work? So he's doing some design work for some of the rewards. We've got Josh Geyser from Creep Machine who is doing the backs of the cards and the styling, the branding and stuff Then we got Lee Shamel, who's also working with Chet on the sculpting and actual casting of these reward items. So it's a very limited set of rewards. It's limited edition, very exclusive, but it's a card game and Oracle all in one. And it's based on my daily quote meditation thing that I do every day for myself. And it's a way of me being able to kind of unlock that for other people in a way that's fun and exciting conversation starter, but also merging art work into that and making it really cool. And I, I got to jump in and say, you know, Mike's, he's not giving it all away yet because, I, you know, I think he's kind of keeping some of it to himself as far as the game. But he told me, he's explained the whole thing to me and it's, it's a really cool idea. It's, it's totally something I would back even if it, he wasn't my friend. And I was jealous when he told me about it, that he came up with that idea because <laughs> it's such cool. a cool idea that I was like, God damn it, fucker. I want all the good ideas. <laughs> But anyway, so I, 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 I'm fully throwing my support behind that, and I'm looking forward to just doing just doing some design work. This is Mike's project, but I'm you know I'm just going to do some design work for it just to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, so that, that's that's my endorsement. Well, thank you. That was a very nice endorsement. Yeah, so that that's going to be coming out very soon, like real, real, real soon. And so I, I hope you guys take a look you know, keep a lookout for it. Look for our links on social media and stuff like that. And it's also a very reasonable goal. It's not one of these like knock it out of the ballpark Chet Czar Kickstarters, you know, because <laughs> he goes big, you know, he does these amazing shows and these huge books and all this stuff. And for me, you know, the biggest thing I ever did was the film and that was a pretty good chunk of money. I was. Um, but this is, this is not that. This is much smaller. This is just about making something cool that we can all enjoy. So thank you again for listening to the podcast, guys. We'll be back with you next week. We always appreciate it when you guys tune in and also, when you head over to iTunes and rate and review us, leave comments, share us on social media. Go Zarmy. Yes. Thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting our crown crowdfunding projects also. Yeah. It, it makes a huge difference. Yes. All right. I well, wouldn't be sitting here if it weren't for it. Let's put it that way. There you go. No more needs to be said. All right. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Peace out.